The Greek word angelos, from which our English word angel derives, means messenger. And we can see in Holy Scripture why the angels are given that name. Think just of the early narratives in Luke's Gospel. The archangel Gabriel bringing the news to Zacharias and his wife, Elizabeth, that Elizabeth would give birth to John the Baptist. The same Gabriel's annunciation to Our Lady that she would bear the divine Son of God. So we know that the angels are messengers. They are those who are sent to us by God. Yet we also know the angels as those who stand eternally in the presence of God, offering their worship and indeed ours to the all-holy trinity. And one seraph cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. So the angels both stand before God, offering the worship of all creation to the one who is alone worthy of all worship, while at the same time descending to us as ministers of that same God. St. Gregory the Great, in his moral commentary on the book of Job, put it this way. The angels, he said, never go forth apart from the vision of God in such a way as to be deprived of the joys of interior contemplation. For if, when they went forth, they lost the vision of the Creator, they could neither have raised up the fallen nor announced the truth to those in ignorance and they could in no wise proffer to the blind that fountain of light, which by departing they would themselves have been deprived of. You see, the angels know all that they know, not from observation of the created universe below themselves, but from contemplation of that universe in its creator and theirs. As our Lord said of his little ones, in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. As their name suggests, the angels are messengers to us, ministers of God to human beings, but they are ministers to humanity, not only without ceasing to be the most faithful worshipers of God, but indeed without ever averting their gaze from God. And this, you see, is what the angels teach us. We will never be angels, and it's important to remember this in a culture that so often presents angels to us as being good people who have become angels as a reward at their death. Yet while we will never become angels, nevertheless, 
we can live, as it were, an angelic life. Ultimately, that life will only be perfected in the life to come, when we shall behold God face to face and shall be known, shall know him even as we are known by him. Yet that life can and ought to begin here and now. We must practice here and now, turning our contemplative gaze upon God, remembering that he is indeed fully present to us, even though we, through our forgetfulness of him, often cease to be present fully in our thoughts and in our love to him. The angels teach us this fundamental truth. The contemplation of God, the life of silent adoration of the all-holy trinity, the turning our whole concentration upon God alone does not prevent us from ministering to others. Indeed, it is the only way that we can ever learn to serve them as God would have us serve them. If I only gaze upon the person I serve, how soon I will begin to perceive her faults, perhaps her ingratitude, or perhaps I will give someone a gift that I think he should use one way only to find he has used it for something harmful to himself or to others. How easy it is to judge the worthiness or the unworthiness of those to whom we minister. Yet our Lord's words are uncompromising. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee, or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. It is not for us to decide who is worthy of our compassion, our generosity. But if we only look upon one another, we will likely find only fault, for which of what us is without fault. It is only by gazing intently upon God, by coming to know our neighbors as they are in God, infinitely loved by God as God loves himself, as Father and Son love one another in that mutual love which is their Holy Spirit, that we can ever love our neighbor as we ought. Do not despise your neighbors, our Lord is saying to us. For their angels behold the face of my Father, and in beholding his face, see them as he sees them. Go and do thou likewise. Gaze through me upon the face of my heavenly Father and see in that face, in those eyes, those as he sees them. Love them as he loves them and give to them as he has given. For he has given them me, his only begotten Son, his word and wisdom, his very mind and heart, to die for them upon a cross. So if we are to live, as it were, the angelic life, if we are to be ministers of the good to our neighbors, we must share with the angels the life of contemplation 
and worship. And that begins here, in this place, where day by day with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven we laud and magnify the glorious name of the All-Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, unto whom we ascribe all glory, honor, and worship, now and forever. Amen. <laughs>